<laughs> we should play the Who's the Boss music on this thing. We should. Um, I don't even remember what the Who's the Boss music is. There's a path was. you take and a path not take. Oh, yeah. It's true. You know, and he's like sliding into home. Oh, yeah. He's playing like softball. I'm, I'm and Alyssa to, Milano I'm getting it mixed up with like the Full House theme. That's because that's been all that's been playing yeah, on a Netflix true. loop in this house. It's We're on to like season five already. It's cray. What's her name? Becky is pregnant with twins now. Mm. It's getting real. It's getting real. Building a successful real estate career requires you to adapt, pivot, and constantly master new skills. We're Katie and Daniel Steinfeld. We've built our own innovative brokerage. And in this podcast, we've assembled actionable tips and strategies that you can implement to take your business to its maximum potential. It's time to level up. Level up. It is time for another episode of Level Up. I'm Daniel here with Katie, and we are in a market where things once again are back to bonkersville for a lot of people. And so we're going to talk about something today that uh, maybe hits home, maybe is a bit of a wake-up call or not for a lot of realtors out there who are dealing with buyers in any market, but especially one that feels pretty crazy and stressful. That's right. We are dealing with a market with multiple offers and just some crazy fast-paced deals that are happening. Maybe you're not even getting a chance to show your buyers certain homes. And it's a lot to deal with. And not only are you having to speed up how you work, but you're also likely handling a lot of emotions from your buyer and the ups and downs that go along with working in such a competitive environment. Yeah. So there are a bunch of different things that we're going to talk about now because the scenarios are endless. But at the end of the day, the theme of this particular conversation is taking charge of your own work, of your clients, and of the fact that you're a professional here and have maybe not all the answers, but better answers and way more answers than the people who have hired you to serve them. So Mm -hmm. we're going to walk through some of the scenarios you could run into and some of the advice that hopefully will help you in remembering who's the boss. <laughs> You're the boss. You the boss. That's right. Uh, so yeah, I think a lot of times, and, and we've talked about this before, when we start working with buyers, we're very eager to get out there. They're very eager to start looking at homes because that's the fun part. But a lot of times we fail to recognize the importance of really understanding what they're looking for before you actually physically go see homes. And that's through some sort of a buyer consultation, whether it's via Zoom, because that's how we're doing things these days, or in an office. But you really have to sit down with your buyers and understand their motivations, why they're looking to buy, um, the types of homes they're looking for, the areas, all that kind of stuff. Because a lot of times the information they might have may not necessarily be accurate in terms of what we're seeing in the market. Right. And this is for their benefit. Everything we're talking about is to serve them. Like Your job is to be an advisor to give them you know, the, the help that they require and the professional opinion that they require on things. But if you can't lay the groundwork early about what they're looking for and what that might look like in a market like we're in right now, it will only lead to potential disaster or just a lot of wasted time. So mm-hmm. really 
to take an extra hour or two to ask the tough questions, or they might not even be tough questions, just no, ask the questions and yeah. have some good conversation, develop your relationship, get a feel for where you know, their pain points potentially are going to be, you're going to save so much time of theirs and your own when it comes down to actually getting down to it and starting to show them places and start the process. That's right. So, you know, a lot of times I don't know about you guys, but I've dealt with a lot of buyers and worked with a lot of buyers that their budget is not necessarily matching up with the areas that they're looking for. And I've made the mistake of going into those areas and then being outbid many times and then they realizing the hard way that, okay, we're not going to buy a home in this area. So being upfront about that, even though it can be a difficult pill to swallow for some people, can be a helpful thing to uh, start talking to them about sooner rather than later. That's just one thing that like I've run into yeah. in the past working with buyers. Well, the, the money thing is always going to be... I think the biggest money and location yeah. and then how those two correlate. Well, and, and in terms of where you and your clients may not align, especially if you haven't laid things out there early mm-hmm. pricing and offers and the approach you take and the expectations can really throw your relationship. And again, your timing into complete disarray, disarray. <laughs> I knew you know, it's going to go that. disarray. Um, <laughs> Like, for example, if if you know somebody is looking at sticker prices or list prices in a neighborhood where everything is always under underpriced, and that's where a lot of people are looking if they're not familiar with offer dates or with people listing low to get more attention, that really gets you off on a tough first foot with people. And you will or you have run into clients who will say, okay, no, it's asking $5.99. So let's offer five seventy five. Like right. that's fair, right? Like I like it. It's one day they're going to be happy. You know, we're going in there. Whatever they want to say, whatever they've seen on TV, you know, it's an all cash offer. Quick yeah. close, call escrow, whatever, <laughs> you know. But if you know that all of those homes are actually going for eight to nine hundred thousand, you're doing everybody a disservice by even letting them get the conversation that far. Yeah. And it goes back to having that conversation beforehand saying, this is, okay, you're looking in, let's give an example, Durham, because Durham we know is a little bonkers right now with just list versus actual sale price. Mm -hmm. So if you let them know, okay, this is what we're seeing in Durham. So when you see listings at this price, they're likely going to go 200 over. So before we see it, I will do a valuation and I will give you an idea about what I think this home will go for because there's no point seeing homes that you're not going to be able to buy. And the other thing, and a lot of people are drawn into this too, for for buyers especially, we know that typically when it's an offer date, the more offers there are, the higher the price it eventually gets. Because people who think, not necessarily all the time, but like, you know, the science is there. I've heard agents say, People okay, have their own equation. there's five, yeah, if there's five offers, you have to go 10,000 over for every offer or something like that. Like everybody yeah. has their own thing. But if you're going to get wrapped up in a frenzy of like 15, 20 offers, you could actually, and 
not that this is like the driving factor, but a lot of people say you could be contributing to that pre- that higher price at the end of the day if you're just participating in the bidding war. And if your clients want to make an offer, they can make an offer, obviously. But this is kind of like the craziness that we're dealing with. So if your client has a budget that's not even near what this home is going to go for, throwing an offer in is probably not going to do anybody any favors, except for the seller, of course, because right. they'll probably get more. But yeah, it's just about being more upfront. I, so I've got a couple things to say here. You do that. I'm about to. All right, here let's comes. Hear it. Number one, it's also very helpful if you can explain to them what places that match the criteria they're looking for are going for and have sold for. Yes. Right? Because if they know that the average price of exactly what they're looking for is 850000 mm-hmm. hopefully that coupled with the fact that they see exactly what they're looking for priced at six hundred will make it easier to explain that this isn't a diamond in the rough that only you have found that's going to go for six hundred. dollars mm-hmm. um, That's number one. Number two, and there's different schools of thought on this, but I don't like it, but I do understand the logic of allowing them to go against what you're saying one time to just prove your point. Yeah. And it's a waste of everybody's time, but not if it reinforces what you've told them and you just want to allow your clients to yeah, see the process. Gonna, yeah. If someone says, okay, you know, you're out to lunch. No, I want to put an offer. Then you, you know, don't say like, I refuse to put an offer. Like you were saying, it's more yeah. of a, okay, we'll put this in, but just so you know, yeah. This is what I expect to happen. I wish you the best of luck. We're going to try and get this the best we can, but let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. Because hopefully when people go through it, it helps adjust their expectations to reality. Yeah. Um, you do run into though with buyers, especially in these bidding wars, and we see it all the time, the ones who do it time and time again and are constantly chasing their tail and are increasing a bid each time and think they're getting closer. But really all they're doing to your point is moving with this group of a dozen people higher and higher and higher and everyone's just chasing their tail Mm -hmm. and while they're doing that time goes by prices get higher and for what they could have got on day five yeah you know that's the worst now it's a hundred thousand dollars more and they're two months down the road and everybody hates everybody yeah Exactly. Everybody hates everybody. <laughs> well, because, because that's when they start trying to find ways to find more money or like doing they things that desperate. You, yeah, yeah. you no, wouldn't it, advise yeah. them to do these things. Exactly. So again, g- getting at them early with scenarios. And we've talked about this. I'm a very not doom and gloom, but very real. Here's the shit that could go down kind of a person. Yeah. Because if you tell them a dark story, and then show them how you can not make that happen. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's easier for them to trust you. Yeah. And obviously you're always rolling the dice. Like anything could happen and the market could crash a week later, prices get lower and they say, I told you so, you made me buy that for more than I wanted. Yeah. But you're being hired as a professional and really the theme of this whole episode is doing what you need to do to wear the pants in this relationship yeah. with your client. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's all about drawing from your experience. And even if you're a brand new agent and you might not have as much experience as somebody that's been in the business for much longer, you still know more than the buyers that you're working with. And the more you can share with them up front about what you've seen, what you've experienced, um, hopefully that will start getting into their heads a little bit and, and recognize that, okay, maybe we should listen to, to the professional that we're wanting to hire. The other thing that I think is something 
something that a lot of agents fall into the trap of is showings and the amount of showings that you are going on. I know a lot of really um, like people that have been in the business for, for like 30, 40 years, like they will be very firm with their clients and say, no, we are only seeing three properties today and you will rank them in order after we see them and you're going to tell me <laughs> which one you like. Now, I'm not necessarily that firm with my clients, but... I think all of us have dealt with clients who are sending literally 10, 20 properties. Can we see these all on a Saturday afternoon? Yeah. No, no, you can't for many reasons, especially with COVID when you're only given 15 minute time limits for each home, you're going to go bananas. Um, but there's other reasons, obviously, for why you don't want to be doing that. Yeah, well, you want to make sure that you're, it's just like the price argument. You want to make sure people are seeing the places that fit what they're looking for and are actual reasonable matches. Because if you can't narrow it down, you will be seeing 20 places every weekend for the rest of your life. And the 20 places are going to be a moving target because how do you even choose? And another thing buyers run into is when they see that place that got away. Yeah. And if you're seeing 20 places a week, you're going to have a collection of places that you won't even remember because you're dealing with all sorts of people. And I don't care how well a set of notes you take. When your client says, do you remember 126 Main Street Unit 509 that we saw three weeks ago? Like, that's what I'm looking for. (laughs) And this place doesn't have that. You need to be able to put your big boy and big girl pants on and tell them what's best for them. Ask questions, do the work before you've gone to see the places. And don't be afraid to tell them the reasons that places might not be ideal for them. Because people appreciate when they send you 15 condos and you can tell them, okay, these three have maintenance that's over $1,000 a month. And this yeah. one doesn't have parking. Doesn't have parking. This yeah. one doesn't have a locker. This one's facing doesn't north. Have a balcony, yeah. yeah. Like if you can show them all the reasons why there are things you can eliminate, yeah. people will appreciate that. Yeah, and I think it's important for them to realize that anything more, in my opinion at least, than five places in one one set of showings, it's, it's just going to overwhelm them. So you, you just encouraging them to rank their top five or something along those lines if they start coming at you with 10 or 20 listings to see. Um, start there and kind of work your your way through that. And I think your clients will appreciate that far more than being dragged around every single Saturday and wasting their time as well, yeah. seeing places. Another thing that we're, we're seeing a lot of um, is just in terms of location because people are being priced out of so many different markets. They're like, okay, well, I'll look at Guelph and London and Peterborough and, you know, all over the board, right? And I know a lot of agents are wondering, like, how do I even handle that? How do I, like, I'm not going to go, like, over, like, a three-hour tour of Ontario because these people don't know where they want to live. Right. So that's another well, thing. And, and be location-savvy, with your showings like if, yeah. like when we say show five places it doesn't mean show one place in grimsby and one place in pickering yeah. on the same day yeah and even keep it down to like the city wise if you're if you're looking at a condo or a couple of condos like mm-hmm. 
it's so easy to even pick another unit in the same condo that's for sale and show two in the same place because you're there and it allows you to make really educated comparisons between the things that they might be interested in. Mm -hmm. Because the same way way we value stuff, when you're looking at condos, you're comparing units generally to the same building. Yeah. Right? If you're looking at a neighborhood, you want to compare places that are in the same neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Um, But... Maybe if you cast a wider net early, still be smart about the way you're going out there, especially with shorter timeframes for showings and all that, but just for your own sanity and your client's sanity. Like some of them like the first week, people love to just go and look at places forever, but it gets old really quickly where there's showing fatigue. Yeah. So show the ones that matter and do it in an organized way. Yeah, and I think it goes back to having those discussions up front, finding out what's really important to them. And every neighborhood, every city is going to have different pros and cons. So hopefully if you have that education behind you about the cities that they're looking or interested in in seeing and narrowing that down as well before you go out just so that you can keep things to a tighter radius. And if you don't happen to have the expertise in that area, refer it out. I guarantee you, you're going to save so much time. You're still going to get some money out of it and your, your clients are going to be better served as a result. It becomes a challenge if they're kind of all over the place. So you might have to help them narrow it down. I heard one agent actually this past week on a a post that was put out there, um, said that she actually has agents in each area that the client is considering and they're kind of all in working together to, to come up. So if if that's something you want to consider that that's great. That seems like it might be a little, a lot to manage, but, but yeah, it's but, an but be creative and yeah. just do what's in their best interest, which doesn't always mean putting on 300 kilometers at a time into yeah. neighborhoods that you don't know, just because you don't want to give up yeah. a couple percentage points of something you're not suited to sell in the first place. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Showings, pricing. Let's talk about when you're actually with your buyers and you're looking at properties. This is another big area where buyers like to know a lot or bring people in who know a lot and maybe know quote unquote more than you do about certain things. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with having people who have knowledge because that's helpful in a lot of cases. Yeah. But you also need to know how to identify the generalizations your buyers might make mm. to justify things when they're not they're not necessarily true. So for example, um things about the the state of a home or mm-hmm. things that might be older or need repair and how much that might cost or what impact that'll have on the price they're going to offer. Mm. Um, you know, how much it might cost to reno something and how easy or hard that's going to be. Um, it's very useful for you to understand the nuances of the actual impact certain things have on offers and prices in a certain market and what things might do. And just don't let what you know be led by somebody else making statements and saying things or bringing in their father-in-law who says no 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 no, that's no big deal or you can't buy a house that has this it's it's murder you know Mm -hmm. so to me that's another place where you just have to put your foot down in some cases or at least do a lot of active listening Yeah. Well, and that's one question we have in our own buyer's questionnaire is, are there any other decision makers outside of the you or the two of you as a couple that need to be involved in this or that you would like their opinion on? Because if that's the case, 
I, it's it's hard with COVID right now, but um, sometimes like before COVID, we we had the uh, other bu- the buyer's dad or buyer's parents going out with them because they wanted to be part of that decision making process. It's fine, but um, knowing that ahead of time can be very helpful because you don't they, then you kind of save a trip for going out there a second time to see it and you know getting their opinion and blah blah blah. Well, and, and yeah, like you said, again, this is always the prep part is so important. It's not just about where do you want to be or what kind of a house. It's what other things do we need to know? Yeah. What are the most important need to haves? What are the less the important deal breakers? Deal breakers, you know, because. The more you know about the stuff that's no good or the stuff that's going to cause a problem, the more you can divert attention away from those things early mm-hmm. and go out of your way to point out that you were listening and f- yeah. show that you heard them when there's things that don't match. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing to lay out ahead of time, especially in a competitive market, is the process yes. and how this is going to work. Um, and there's a lot of different avenues we can go down here. I do want to talk a bit, and maybe this is jumping the gun, but about things like conditions. Yeah, I was going to say that. Okay, so let's talk about, you want to talk about conditions? Yeah. Let's, let's talk go. about conditions. Let's talk. <laughs> well, we all know in a competitive mar- market that conditions are something that are normally frowned upon. Obviously, you want to let your clients know the advantages of putting conditions in, but there, there will be a time, and this is what normally happens with me, is we may throw in a financing condition for our first couple of offers, and then that condition goes out the window down the line. Now, it's still important for you as, as the professional to give the, the risks associated with that. You obviously don't want to put your client in a position where they're not going to be able to go through with a sale, but in this environment, it's going to be very challenging to insert conditions into an offer. Right. It's, it's a tough thing. You should never tell someone, take it out explicitly. No. But they need to understand the impact of that. Now, they also need to be brought down to earth when you have clients who think that conditions are a means to buy them time mm. to think about it. Right, And that's maybe less so in a competitive market, but you'll run into buyers who say, okay, and I've heard this multiple times, so if we put in a home inspection condition, that means I can walk away, right? Like That means I have five days to walk away regardless, and I don't need to give an excuse or a financing condition or whatever. And that's a red flag, and that's something you need to get ahead of with your clients because you don't want to be coaching people into almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy of a deal falling apart when there's not necessarily a reason for that and they're trying to find loopholes like it's a it's a world where everybody wants to find a loophole if they can because it's a frustrating industry to try to win quote unquote in Mm -hmm. but again explaining the purpose of things we like to with conditions if they're taking it out we like writing it in and having it be crossed out in initial to explicitly mm-hmm. show that you did explain it to them and that they know it was there as an option. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to know the market you're in and you need to be able to be confident enough to tell your client, if you're going to go in here with an inspection clause and you need it, you're either going to have to come up on your price a lot more or just mm-hmm. be prepared that someone else is not going to have that and it's going to make it very difficult for you. Yeah. And I, I think this is where working with other professionals, uh, like the, your mor- the mortgage broker that your client's working with and a home inspector, well ahead of any offer that they make. Because if they do want to put a condition on financing in, if you can have that lender on call, um, understanding what the what the 
what the process is, what, what the home is so that they can confidently put in a number and they're confident that they'll get the approval for it. Just, just working together is really important. And, you know, you could, you could go so far, like I know homeowners will send letters along with their offer, send a video message. You could have your lent, your buyer's lender even put together a video message, introducing Mm -hmm. themselves and saying, you know, my client is well, well prepared, pre-approved, ready to go. We just need like a couple days. Like these are just ideas. It would be awesome if it was a video, a letter I could see a video would be awesome. No, I think that that would actually, and you know what? Hello. Even like if you, and, and when, offer presentation like ask if you could do it on zoom and introduce you know your buyers and like you could go so far as having them on the zoom call. I, I don't know how desperate you want to be but i mean not desperate but i don't know how like there's certain things that really go a long way you never know what hits home and what can be awkward for some people but these are just ideas i'm throwing out there that you could potentially look at doing well it, it also speaks to knowing the situation and it's it's responsible for you to communicate with the seller's agent and all that when one of these things is coming up. Like know how many people you're up to, know the environment that you're going to be dealing with, yeah. what's most important to the seller. Because in some cases, it's all about money. In some cases, it's all about closing date. Like if you know more information, yeah. maybe this goes without saying, but a lot of people don't listen. Mm-hmm. And their offers will suffer because they weren't paying attention. We just ran into... Uh, a listing we had where there was an individual who was told there's only going to be one shot here Mm. and we're not trying to get into a a war and we're not going to be going back for multiple rounds. So just come with your best full stop and that's it. And they didn't and they didn't win. And when I called to say, sorry, you, you lost the immediate response was, no, come on, we can do better. Mm. Like, just just give me another chance. Like, they love the place. And that's not doing a good job for your clients. If you were told unequipped, whether you trust or not, if there's a chance that you can do a better job for your client and they really want a property, you need to put your best foot forward. And Mm -hmm. And it isn't only if the other agent says, put your best foot forward. Like, to me... Even if there's going to be multiple rounds, I don't understand the argument to play games mm-hmm. early. Like, let's go in a little bit lower and maybe they'll send us back because we yeah. have more to go. If you're up against a lot of people, what's the downside of just saying, here's my best? And if they say, okay, we're going for another round, you say, no, 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 that was my best. Yeah. So <laughs> that's it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, then you can be confident you've done what you can. Yeah. Um, but again, scenarios are scenarios. Just understand what you're dealing with and go into it as a professional. Yeah. Yeah. And just having your buyers prepared with the offer ready to go. Um, and just understanding the whole process, as we said before, is really important because usually things get pretty quick once offers are being made and maybe you have to adjust your offer very quickly when you're in the presentation. So it all comes down to preparing your buyer, um, getting them comfortable with e-signing or whatever it is, that all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, to wrap this up, I think it's just that pre-meeting is, is extremely important and being confident putting your foot down on certain aspects of that what they're asking to do you can do that you have the power to do that even though you're working like they've chosen to work with you think of it as a service to your client you are put like giving them boundaries and it's only to help them yeah this is this is the same as what we've talked about in your own business in planning 
you're setting like the mission and vision statement for your relationship with them up front. Yeah. That's going to shape the way you work. You can continue to refer back to the conversation you had at the beginning mm-hmm. to keep an eye on objectives. If things are changing, you can pivot and you can make changes on the fly, but it's a lot easier to tweak something that's been defined and consistently talked about yeah. well, just, than to just yeah. say, oh, this is what you wanted. Oh, okay, now let's look in, in whatever. Like now we're going to yeah. go across the city. Now we're looking at two bedrooms, whatever. Things can change, circumstances can change, but lay the groundwork, make sure everybody agrees to it, and it'll be so much easier to go forward confidently showing things and doing it in a context that your client can deal with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so many scenarios, not even in real estate, but just in life where if you're clear with people up front, how much easier it is to do your job because you've let them know ahead of time that this might not work. This or, is like you all know, we've been talking about yeah. this week. The number <laughs> of scenarios that we keep seeing where it's just stop thinking people know, stop assuming things, stop hoping the worst doesn't happen and just get your cards on the table with people because it makes everything else so much easier. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're working with lots of buyers right now, we, we wish you luck. We feel your pain, (laughs) but have some fun with it. Uh, just kind of just keep, keep at it and be, be as honest as possible. And you'll find that you'll get some more progress through the things that we've talked about today. And share with us some of the ways you've taken charge with your people. How do you put your foot down? You the boss. Because we're making it sound doom and gloom. You the boss. You the boss. (laughs) Angela. (laughs) We should play the who's the boss music on this thing. We should. I don't um, even remember what the Who's the Boss music is. a path you take and a path not take. Oh, yeah. It's true. You know, and he's like sliding into home. Oh, yeah. He's playing like softball. I'm, I'm and Alyssa to, Milano I'm getting it mixed up with like the full house theme. That's because that's been all that's been playing yeah, on a Netflix true. loop in this house. It's We're on to like season five already. It's cray. What's her name? Becky's pregnant with twins now. Mm. It's getting real. It's getting real. Anyway, on that note. All right. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We will see you next week. And thanks for tuning in. Later. Bye-bye. <laughs> Level up, 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 level up,